Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey with uh, Katie, Julie, and Gabe, um, and myself. Uh, we're talking about the uh, Hold On To Your Kids book. Uh, this is our third uh, session of sitting down, uh, kind of wrestling with this idea of why parents need to matter more than peers. Uh, and so we've uh, we've talked about just kind of the initial concept of, of what does that look like. We've, uh, we've wrestled with um, the, uh, the factors and the forces that are pulling our kids away from us as parents. Um, and now we want to push back. Right from a parenting perspective, what does that what does that look like to really um, want to be attached to your kids? Um, you know, uh, I think not only from the very beginning, mm-hmm. right, but also um, if your kids are in high school or college, uh, and you're like, oh, you know, the, uh, like I did not do that well. How do I reattach myself? Um, and he walks through a lot of that, um, and it's, it's interesting as he gives some different strategies and some different things that he's walking through. Um, one of the main strategies that that jumps off the page at me is actually something Julie mentioned in the first episode, and that was the family dinner. Um, of just sitting down and spending quality time together. Um, and there's something about, right, you know, food <laughs> um, and conversation uh, that that the meal, right, is such an important part of that attachment. And I think a lot of our families don't do family dinner time. Um, I think, you know, you know, picking up Chick-fil-A and eating it at home, but still having conversation. Mm-hmm. If you have to do that, do that. Um, you don't, you know, you don't have to make a, you know, seven course meal, right? Um, but it's just, you know, it's the time that you're intentionally sitting around um, asking questions, like learning about each other, sharing the day, wrestling with different things. That's one of the main strategies that he's giving parents of saying, hey, this is super, super important. So uh, as we talk about these things, um, what is it that you guys saw um, from that perspective that you'd want to give advice to parents? When you were saying that, the family dinner, it just reminded me how um, it's been a rule in my house since my kids were born that there's no technology at the table. Oh, like yeah. when we're around a meal and we we eat dinner together pretty often, like I would say 95% of the time, um, every single meal, one of my kids will bring their phone to the table. It doesn't matter that they've known this for 15 years. Right. They still try. Yeah. And so I guess I just want to encourage parents like you, you – have the dinner. The kids are still going to try to be distracted or not want to talk, but just don't let up. Just it's a rule. Yep. We're going to sit here and we're going to talk, and there's not going to be technology here. But amen they're going to keep trying. Yes, amen <laughs> to that. And if you have, I, I I love the family dinner because I feel like that's also a time. Maybe it's just the time of day mm-hmm. or that they're relaxed because they're eating. But that's when the best conversations are. But even if you're a parent who is who you know is afraid of the silence or gets frustrated by the silence and is quick to say oh this just isn't working you know there are there are great little cards that you can or you can come up with questions beforehand and write them down yeah. and use them you know it's okay to to use those um to foster Prompt, conversation yeah. Conversation. Here's, yeah. here's the conversation prompt yeah, yeah great use yeah. it you don't like it use something else whatever but yeah I mean, but 
even if it doesn't seem like it's um, like whatever your ideal is in your head and it doesn't play out, if it doesn't happen, you know, at first or often or whatever, keep doing it. Yeah. Um, because I do think that when kids look back, they do remember it um, for the goodness. They they remember it more positively than maybe you're grading it or or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I I think, too, with the family dinners, um, it's kind of what Julie was saying was that uh, I think so so oftentimes we're like short-sighted in our parenting of like, man, this was a train wreck tonight. I mean, they all brought their phones and they all gave one word answers. Um, it, but I think even bigger than that, it's this, it's this constant fight to which Katie was alluding to. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm constantly fighting for a voice. I'm constantly fighting for this attachment that I'm trying to uh, foster with my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that I want to instill in them uh, a habit or even just like uh, something that they're used to doing. I was reading a book one time and this mom just confessed to you. She's like, one of the greatest moments of my life was when my um, college age son um, called me on a Saturday night and said, Hey mom, I just had the best night. Uh, remember how we used to always do family dinners on Saturdays? Mm-hmm. Well, I invited a bunch of my friends over and we did that in, in my dorm room. And I was like, like, that's a parent who, like, even though it was maybe not great 75% of the time, they instilled this, right. this, this idea in their kid that, man, special. connections in this time together is so important. And so, like, even when it's not great, like, I'm going to keep fighting because it's not, a, it's not just about tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about what am I doing? What am I instilling in our kids for the future? Yeah. I'll say another time that I think is really important is bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, my girls have grown out of this a bit, um, but I still do it with my, my almost fourth grader. Um, I've always, like, especially when they're little, laid down with them, mm-hmm. said prayers, and just talked. And I know I've read a lot of books and heard a lot of people talk about how kids feel most comfortable talking when it's just one-on-one and they're laying down maybe it's dark but just there's such a closeness and a feeling of safety and security that they will share things that they might not throughout the whole day Um, and so I feel like that's another time that you can be very intentional and it doesn't have to be like having a a long um philosophical conversation every night some nights there's nothing to talk about yeah. but it's just the, there. it's the habit yep. and they know to expect it and they know we're gonna you know i'm gonna be in there to say good night and if there's something up they have the chance to talk yeah and i think gabe's you know to gabe's point of you keep on doing it because you need to do it it's the right thing to do and you don't know the fruit of it until years and years later yeah. right so i've got you know two boys who are out of college mm-hmm. and and you know the reality of you know, their experience through there and the connections that you make. Um, you know, one of the other connections and, and the attachments is just, you know, we church Sunday, right? We do this as a family. We all go. We all sit together. Um, like, we're, we're doing that, you know, constantly. And, you know, and you have to fight against all those other forces that take away from that. Um, but when they go off on their own, right, they continue to do the habits that you've instilled in them. Um, not, and, and again, not because we've attached them to ourselves, but we've attached them to God. And so that's, they got to go get fed, right? That's what mm-hmm. they have to go do. And so I think that, you know, this is a good reminder of saying, you're not doing these things just to attach to your, you know, 12 year old, right? You're doing these things to attach your 12 year old to a heavenly father, so that they walk with him all the days of their life, right? Yeah. The, the attachment isn't just for a short term, it's for a long term. And so, 
some of the short-term things that you're going to have to do are sacrifices. Um, uh, they, they actually write about it in, in here. They talk about how um, it seems like you'd have to almost be a saint. I love this part, right? You'd almost, <laughs> have, to, you'd almost have to be a saint to be a parent because you're going to try to do so many things and the, the kids are not going to appreciate it, right? Your, your 13-year-old is not going to walk in and just say, hey, mom and dad, thanks so much um, you know, for sacrificing for me and always being there. And you know, I, I love talking to you. And this, I mean, like, That's not going to happen. You're not going to get that. Right, you're not going to get that. Um, but what you're going to do is you're going to um, demonstrate to them that this attachment is important, that you're there, and that you're right, the great connection and the great resource. And, and you're going to make them understand that that's important. And then when they realize it, as they get older in life, right, they're going to then come to you. Now, not the 13-year-old, but maybe the 23, 24-year-old, right? And I think that's, that's one of the things that I see is, is so important is he's writing some things that are super important that if you don't do them, then you're going to miss out on those conversations when the kids are really ready to have them. But I think he was right. You do have to be a saint. Yeah. As a parent, saint meaning set apart. Right. That's what it means. And you do have to be different than what you see going on around you, yep. even even when it hurts, even when it's even when your kids are telling you that's not how they want to run things because they see everybody else doing it. But um, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on what Katie was talking about with bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this doesn't necessarily have to be at bedtime. It just has been for us, but praying together as a family. Yeah. And I, I'm going to coin a new term here. Um, what, I, here we go. <laughs> Dan, you're looking at me like, ah, what are you doing here? Um, John 17 parenting. Okay. Like John 17 is where Jesus, that the entire chapter is Jesus praying out loud. Yeah. And it says that it, he, Jesus says that he's praying out loud for the joy of his disciples mm-hmm. so that they can hear him talk to his father about them. About them. And so yeah. that's how I have approached um, family prayer time just to as a time to also let my kids know how I talk to our father about them. Yeah. Thanking God for each one in our family, thanking him specifically for building our family the way he did, thanking them, thanking him for the talents and the the trials and all that we've gone through and our generations before. And, and that is what Jesus was doing in John 17. But it also, it really does instill joy um, so that they can know exactly what I think of them. Um, because I'm being honest, the most honest you can be is in your prayer time with the Lord. Because you know He knows everything. He knows you what you already feel and and are disappointed in and are happy about. Yep. Um, and I think that's been one of the things in parenting that um, has been a difference maker. Is my kids know what we think of them um, in front of our Father. Hmm. And and that is more of, you know, of course we speak over them, but that prayer time of um, praying for our family and with our family um, is has just been, like I said, as I look back, as my, my kids are now older, uh, as I look back at the, the parenting journey, that's been one of the things that has been a, a blessing. Yeah. I love that. Now, um, Katie did mention um, the nighttime routine. One of the things he threw out in here was um, be careful of sleepovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because if, if you're um, looking to the idea of p- 
peers attaching with peers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Gabe, you brought this up before, Julie, right? The What do you think is going on, right? I think, Julie, right? What do you think is going on when kids are with other kids? Um, and I think the sleepover can be a very dangerous um, that was know. where I learned all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I came into parenting preconditioned with, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, we did too, right? And um, we've had, and they, they mentioned in here about, you know, the importance of, you know, cousins as opposed to peers, right? So our kids have grown up, right, with you know, the, their 10 cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, you know, Sunday lunch together every, you know, Sunday. And the, that's the only people's house that they've really ever slept over when they were younger was, you know, the cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, tremendous amount of safety there, parents who are raising them the same way. Um, I would say from a sleepover perspective, right, and Gabe, you mentioned this, it's like I want families who are doing life together like we are. That's one of the things that we're trying to do, right? But I would just also, you know, caution parents, right, that whole idea of, yeah, the sleepover is, you know, you need to make sure, and I tell my kids this, it's like you're under the Panetti rules no matter whose house you're at. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, so I, I don't care what the boys do at their house. This is the way the Panettis do it. And if you go over there and they say, hey, you can do this, or hey, you can watch this, it's like, yeah, you got to eventually come back to the Panetti house <laughs> and, and you're going to be in trouble, right? And so I think I think it's nice to have families, though, um, that, you know, hey, I could ship my boy. Well, I can't ship my boys over to your house. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, could those girls. I, I could ship Sophie over to your house. That's right. um, you know, I think, uh, I think you know, um, babysitters as well. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you allow into your house to influence your kids? Super important important. Um, you know, all those things are, are just factors that parents need to take into consideration um, of who they're allowing their kids to be influenced by. So a very important part in there. Yeah. Um, can I bring up a new topic? Got a, a question? Bit? Yes. Well, yeah. Just um, we've been very focused on um, families uh-huh. and obviously this podcast is for our families, our parents. Um, but I want to kind of throw out to y'all for um maybe kids who don't have a traditional family or aren't being um, parented in this way or don't have those attachments. I wanted to see if we could talk real quick about um, identifying who those people are in your life and how maybe you can step in. And even if you're not a blood parent or, um, you know, maybe you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, how can you fill this role, this healthy attachment so that a peer attachment isn't created? Yeah. Julie? Um, Well, as I mentioned, uh, my husband coaches a soccer team. And I think that, um, you know, he doesn't just look at – he's a great technical and skills coach and and can um, bring a player along to to their great talent and ability. But I think he also sees – that is his role too as a mentor and he is told um his uh soccer players that you know he he's not just there to make sure that what they're doing on the field is is great and at the next level but that um he's creating men for after soccer and for and you do have that ability when you are a coach like if so if we're speaking to people who who have the um, ability to be around kids you know first of all pray about that Mm -hmm. you know pray about that responsibility and where you can um, slot in for um, you can easily identify kids who don't have a great home life and just the honor there is in being that for somebody. Um, you know, I, I shared with you guys that my um, husband had a, a player whose whose father was never there, um, never, as in not a day in his life, never claimed him. 
And so um, when he was assigned in school um, to write about his family and his influences, he wrote about my husband. And so there, it, there is that possibility there. And I would just say, again, um, if you're a coach and you're listening to this and you are or, – or, you know, a teacher or you have some other um, capacity to be around kids that aren't your own and you can identify that, that their situation is not great, you know, pray about what the Lord would have you do in, in their lives and take it very seriously because you can be more of an, um, an influence – um, for the kingdom than you could ever imagine. Yeah. So I'll take it one step further, okay. and that is don't just identify the kids who are coming from homes and situations that aren't good, but it doesn't really matter what situation they're coming from because there's something special and unique about all those different roles. So here's the deal. If you're the uncle, right, and they can come from a great family background. Sure. But you're the uncle, and so you get to speak truth into them in a totally different way than their parents do. You're the coach, Right. I remember Parker came home one day and he's like, oh, yeah, coach you know, said this or whatever. And I was like, I've said that a million times. Yeah. Right. Like, what? <laughs> but all of a sudden yeah, it's right. <laughs> but, all of a, but all of a sudden it makes a connection. And so there's something unique about being the coach. There's something unique about being the uncle. There's something unique about being the teacher. Right. That that it doesn't matter what family life they come from. Right. That they may not have the attachments to their parents. And it's like, ooh, you know, hey, you know, I can make that attachment and that's great. I can speak truth in their life. They may have an attachment to their parents, but you are another adult. Amen. And they're like, hey, what you said was true. And so I'm kind of like, you know, you, you, you be a pastor, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when, when we sit down in church, it's like, I want my kids to listen to a pastor, right? Now, I, I hope you're listening to me as a parent, but I want you to listen to other voices that are speaking truth as well. And so, you know, whether a kid has those voices or doesn't have those voices, right, I think we need to be looking for, right, if, if I'm you know, just a man walking through life. Um, I'm not just responsible for my biological children or responsible for my spiritual children. And that is anybody that God brings along my path that I have an opportunity to speak truth into, I'm going to speak truth into their life, right? Whatever availability that they give me, right? We're going to have those conversations. And it's, it's, it's amazing. One of the things that's always fascinating here at PCA, um, (laughs) Gabe, for years we ran this retreat, right? When those new kids come in here at retreat, and they don't know anybody. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, you know, they'll they'll sit and talk to an adult because they don't know any of the peers. So they're looking at you. And I'd always just sit there at retreat and just like, you know, start having those conversations. Amazing how the kids will sit and will listen to you because it's like, I don't know any of the peers. And so it's like, yeah, great. Well, here's the deal. I'll sit here and, you know, drop truth on you. Right. We'll have a conversation. So you're just looking for opportunities like that, I think, mm-hmm. is an important part of um, an important you know role that you get to play. So it doesn't. I think it doesn't even matter what what background they come from. But you're right. It is super important if they're not having those you know attachment to a good family um, that you really do pick up on that and take a special attention to it. So, Gabe, any thoughts on that? Well, I I have lots of thoughts, thoughts. As, as a youth pastor. I have lots of thoughts on this topic actually. Uh, but yeah, I think everything that you guys are saying is yeah. saying is are, is right. Um, the one other thought that I had was um, was really with with new parents, uh, just Ooh. parents that don't know what they're about yeah. to get into or yeah. what yeah. attachment parenting is. Or I mean, they're just hoping you know their kid goes to sleep at some point in time, right? <laughs> and, and I just think from a from a from a <laughs> church perspective, parenting. yeah, right, <laughs> go to sleep from a from a church perspective. Really, is, is kind of where I'm coming from. Is just this thought of. 
uh, of seeing more seasoned parents mm. walking alongside, mm. w- whether it's a single mom or or whether it's a single dad mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, or there's a there's a widow situation, like whatever that situation looks like. I think as a church, but even in a community like PCA, yeah. uh, it, it's really helpful to to have our eyes up and and open uh, to the parents who are just doing their best to to pay the bills and get their kids picked up on time. Um, and, and so when you start talking about intentional parenting and all these other things, that may be the last thing on their mind. Um, but I think with some, with some encouragement and with some, some tips and tricks and wisdom from, from people that have gone through it, uh, not only can you come alongside their child, but I think even just coming alongside parents on the backside to help them do it, uh, it may be better mm-hmm. than they've previously been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good reminder. Um, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've always told our parents is, um, as much as I love PCA and the conversations we have with your kids, um, a parent's conversation with their child at home is exponentially more powerful than mm-hmm. my conversation with your kid. And so, you know, we do a lot of critical thinking and, you know, I mean, SLI and some different things here. It's like, but if you'll have a conversation with your son or daughter at home, it's just so much more meaningful than what Mr. Panetti said. Yeah. Right. Mom and dad said it. And so which, I, just which a good I, reminder. I can remember very poignant times at, at growing up when my parents, uh, you know, I, I'm talking about especially meaty topics mm-hmm. uh, where they put a stake in the ground. And that was that for me. Um you know, they would take the time to explain why they believed um, whatever they we were talking about. But I can think back and, and have crystal clear memories about when my parents said, you know, pointed me in this direction on this topic yeah. or that direction. Yeah. And, and, it, and I don't even remember what I knew about it or learned about it before or after what they said. But what they said yeah. was... <laughs> you remember those yeah, conversations. yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are good. Uh, well, anything else from like just kind of takeaways from the book as we're just kind of wrapping it up? Um, I think one of the things uh, he they, they write about this developmentally, children have a greater need for a relationship with themselves than a relationship with peers. Um, I think that's a good reminder for us as a parent, um, you know, that our children need to be secure in their identity um, as a child of God. And, and once they have that security, and I don't, don't think that it's just like, you know, oh, well, you know, they got it at seven when they got saved. I think it's, it's, a, it's a process that you go through. Um, but once you really have that security, um, that is the opportunity then where they can go out into the world. I think what's dangerous is I see so many of our young people who don't have that security. When they graduate, they walk onto a college campus. And, I'm, I, you know, I'm fearful of the, oh, boy, here we go. Um, and so many of our young people are getting eaten alive on a college campus. And, and you know, as parents come into PCA and they kick the tires, and like, hey, are you going to prepare my kid for college? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, academically? Absolutely. Right? They'll be prepared when they graduate from here to go whatever college, right, academically they should be for. You know, socially, culturally, yes. But spiritually, I think the parents need to say, hey, listen, that's my job at home to do. Now, I love partnering with a Christian school, but ultimately this book is a great reminder of your job at home is to make sure that when your kids leave your home, their identity is grounded in Christ. 
that that's that's your main goal from a parenting perspective um how does that work with right, your relationship and the peers relationship this i think this is a good book to remind us that right you're primarily responsible for that um peers are not going to be necessarily a help in that unless those peers are coming from a background where they have identified themselves right as a follower of jesus christ and they can help in that regard so just from a parenting perspective, good reminder that this is our primary responsibility um, to raise our kids and to give them their identity in Christ. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from this particular book. Yeah, you, you mentioned the word responsibility, uh, and I'd just like to couple with that the word dependence as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he writes in here, he says, in order to regain the power to parent, we must bring our children back into full dependence on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say yes and no uh, in the sense of, um, if, if that's true, if I want my kids to depend on me, then I have to be available and, and accepting the responsibility that I have as their parent to unconditionally love them, uh, to train them the best that I know how. Um, but further than that, I've got to learn to be dependent on the Lord yeah. um, in that as I grow in my own dependence on him, it, you know, if my, if my kid has made attachments elsewhere and I can see that and it's evident in their life, um, then, man, I've got I've to get to this place to where my dependence that the Lord would turn their heart back to me uh, has got um, to be huge. It's got to be um, really great for me yeah. to depend on the Lord to turn their hearts. And then as he does, for me to take the responsibility to, um, to use what the Lord's doing in their hearts, turning them back to me, to now uh, share with them what I've seen in them, how I want to love them, how I've been loved by God, uh, and all of these things. So I think there's this cyclical cycle of us growing in dependence on the Lord to continue to work in our kids yeah. uh, and us depending on him, uh, but also us taking the responsibility to, to teach and train and love well. Love it. Love it. Um, anything else? Julie, Katie? Okay. Last, last thought for me is... Um, I think if, uh, Gabe, I think if we have a, a connection to Christ and we have something bigger than ourselves, then we can invite our kids into something bigger than what the world can offer them. And I think that's what a lot of parents are missing, right? Is we're trying to give them stories that are smaller, right? Hey, you're a great athlete. Hey, you're a great student, which is like, that's fine. But it's, it's such a small part of what God created them for. And I think if you really do have a understanding that God has created you as an infinite being for a relationship with him. And there's nothing that's greater than him. When your kids see that they'll want to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the reminder for me as, as parents is if you have something smaller that you're selling your kids, then they're missing out on it. So get back into the big story that there's something greater that they're a part of, show them what it looks like and then invite them to be a part of that. So, Anyway, thank you guys for reading the book um, and, uh, and spending some time in that and uh, sitting down having the conversation. Hopefully this will be helpful for our parents as a little bit of summertime listening as we get ready to get back um, into school soon. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. I know summer just started and we're already almost done with it. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's such an important part um, you know, of just reminding our parents of the um, not just critical um, but really awesome responsibility of being a parent yeah. mm-hmm. so anyway thanks for the conversation you guys thanks, Dan. thank you thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of the journey please take a minute to share with friends and family 
who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.